Hello and welcome to Generation Church of Independence, Kentucky with our pastor, David Mills. Like and follow us on Facebook at Generations Church where we live stream every Sunday morning. Now join in with us as we share in God's Word and we hope you enjoy. Don't worry, nothing's going to happen. Don't open them until I tell you. I want for a little bit for us to try to imagine what it's like to be blind. We're going to read about blind Bartimaeus this morning. And as I read the scriptures, I, I thought and I did this exercise, what would I feel if every day, every night, all I saw was blackness? In addition to all the new norms in your life, this is going to be your new reality. The blackness all around, the darkness that never ends. And yet this was blind Bartimaeus's everyday current state, navigating what it would be like to be blind. Just for a minute, Feel that emotion. What, what does that feel like if this really was going to be your new normal? You can open your eyes. I don't know about you, but that was a little scary when I first did it, to think about the fact, how am I going to drive? How am I going to get anywhere? As we read the story of Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, through 52, just remember that exercise, just that, that reality of where he lives as we read the story. If you have your Bibles or your devices, you can follow along the back here too. Um, we'll have the scriptures up here. Mark is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's the second gospel. And we start off with hearing Jesus we're looking at Jesus here at Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples are leaving, and a great crowd is following him as he's on his way. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he shouted out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, be silent, many of the bystanders told Bartimaeus. But that only made him shout even louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he said, tell him to come to me. So the crowd went over and got the blind man and said, cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. And so Bartimaeus threw off his coat, jumped up, and went to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. The blind man said, Jesus, my rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. This morning, I want to talk for a little bit, 
just about the concept of blind eyes, but a hearing and a seeing heart. See, that was blind Bartimaeus. He had blind eyes, but his heart could see. Just to paint the picture of what that day looked like, I can imagine the excitement was in the air as Jesus was leaving Jericho, headed towards Jerusalem, and people were cheering, and you could probably feel just the spirit of anticipation that was palpable in the air. And here was blind Bartimaeus sitting there at the roadside. It stirred up hope in him. Because see, day after day, all he has to do is sit by the city gates and beg. And this name Jesus keeps coming up over and over and over. And this hope starts to grow that this man, Jesus of Nazareth, is a little more than just a faith healer. There's something different about this name when Bartimaeus reflects on this name. And he isn't going to miss his chance. He sits there at the, bed, or at the side of the road, and, and I believe his ears, again, his sense of eyesight is gone. So what is he relying on? His ears. He's locked in. He's focused. He's waiting for the moment, the precise moment as the people are passing by. He's listening in the darkness. Out there somewhere is this man named Jesus. And he's not going to miss the opportunity to shout out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He refused to let Jesus just walk right on by. Bartimaeus couldn't see, but his heart knew exactly who Jesus was before he even met him. See, his heart began to connect with this name, Jesus who was more than just a healer man from Nazareth. I think we find out this truth when we read more and look into that statement, son of David. I don't know about you, but when I read that the first time, I thought, why did Bartimaeus ask for mercy? Why didn't he just cut to the chase and say, Jesus, I'm blind. I need to see. I, that's what I have. I have this physical impairment I need to see. Believe it or not, I think every Christmas we see the answer to this question. The answer lives in the phrase, son of David. Now we know technically, earthly father-wise, Joseph was Jesus' father. And we read every Christmas the story about Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and Joseph. But I think sometimes we gloss right over the phrase that's mentioned in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 30, where the angel comes to the Lord, or the angel comes to Virgin Mary and says the, this specific statement, son of David. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The, God, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom 
will never end. See, that statement, son of David, when he yelled that out that day, he was acknowledging who Jesus was, what the old prophets had talked about in the Old Testament. I believe Bartimaeus connected with who Jesus was before he ever, ever could even meet the man in person. The Messiah would be a descendant of David, the old prophets in the Old Testament said. And the angel told Mary that day, Jesus would be his name. And fast forward 33 years, Bartimaeus is waiting for the moment to encounter this Messiah that he realized was more than just a famous healer from Nazareth. He was the man that was prophesied about and would be the savior of the world. When Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me, he was acknowledging, I need a savior. I need mercy. And Bartimaeus may have had blind eyes, but he had a seeing heart, and he knew exactly who Jesus was. As he sat there in his darkness, could not see Jesus, but he knew that somewhere he would find Jesus. And if he could see him or hear him, maybe he could see and he was waiting for Jesus to pass by. He refused to let this moment go by without at least trying. By our very nature, we're blind. Whether we know it or not, we're born into this world of darkness and sin. We're just born, and until the Lord reveals to us, we don't even know how blind we are. We can't even see or even maybe even aware of the fact that we can't even see until God makes it possible for us to see our need for a Savior and our need for mercy. This physical impairment that Bartimaeus faced every day was his reality. The darkness every day, his permanency. But this morning, he recognized the fact that, yes, he had a physical impairment, but he had so much more to him in, his, in the respect of a spiritual impairment that he needed to reconcile first that day. And that's why he asked Jesus for mercy. He knew he needed a Savior. First and foremost, before he wanted his physical issue addressed, he needed this man they call Jesus. How about you? Do you ever feel like you're in your darkest hour, completely blind, maybe in a situation? Do you recognize that Jesus is right there with you in the middle of that situation? Are you listening for him? Are you still? Are you locked in? Are you focused like Bartimaeus, waiting for Jesus? Or are you letting Jesus just walk on by, never acknowledging who he is and what he can be in your life? See, you will never ask to see until you realize that you are blind. And you will never call out to a Savior until you recognize the need to be saved. And you will never know Jesus as a reality until you know him as a necessity. Do you know him as a necessity? Or is he just another option in your life? 
Is he something that you need desperately? Not because of a, a crisis that you're in, but every day, just like you desire food, do you desire to know this Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah? Looking back at verse 48, many rebuked Bartimaeus that day. The crowd attempted to stifle his cry. And maybe rightfully so, the crowd thought, this guy is being annoying, disrespectful. We're trying to praise this man, this healer man named Jesus. And all he's doing is yelling and being rude. Doesn't he see we're praising this man right now? Hmm. But that crowd didn't know that day that the cry of faith was sweeter and louder to Jesus than any shallow hallelujah that they were giving him that day. That Jesus heard this cry for mercy and it stopped him in his tracks and he heard Bartimaeus and he told him to come to him. See, Bartimaeus may have had blind eyes, but he had a seeing heart. I know in our connection group on Sunday nights, we'll get together and... Uh, when we would have fun night on Sunday nights, we'd do a Bible study and then we'd take a break. Either we'd go to the park or maybe we'd have a grill out or get together for a football game. And it never ceased to amaze me. There would be like 10 kids in this room or maybe downstairs. And then there would be eight adults over here in this room and conversation and the TV and everything's happening. And all of a sudden, this baby starts crying. And this mama over here knows exactly that this baby is hers. Now, I don't have kids. I have no idea how she knew that one was hers because to me it all sounded like noise. But that mama knows her baby's voice. And in that desperation, when that, mom need, when that child needs that mom, there is a connection that only that mom and that child has. And that mom gets up and goes exactly to where her baby is and attends to the need that that child has. It's no different with the dad either. There'll be like all these, and all in our group in that time were a bunch of boys. And so these dads would try to kind of, you know, wrangle all these boys up from killing each other. And immediately when one was crying, the dad knew just as well which boy was his, which one was crying, and he was right there. See, that's the same thing that day. Jesus heard this blind man's cry, this cry of faith through the crowd through the noise, through the cheers, and in verse 49, Jesus stopped and called for him. In verse 52, because of Bartimaeus' faith, he became more than a healer. He became his savior. Because that day was like any other day. It started out normal, day after day, night after night. He sits by the roadside, by the city gates. But when he encountered Jesus that day and encountered the Savior and the healer that was brought to him when Jesus gave him his sight, he was able to sing those words that we sang this morning. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am made whole. I am saved in Jesus' name. Author A.W. Tozer said how completely satisfying it is to turn from our limitations 
to a God that has none. How completely satisfying it is to turn from our limitations to a God that has none. Because we serve a God who absolutely has no limitations. He can do anything. God is not limited. He's able to hear our cry for mercy. He's able to hear our cry for faith. And he can heal according to his will. Luke 6.36 says, God our Father is merciful. James 5.11, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. What is mercy? If you're like me, I get out my Googler. I say, okay, Google. Or as some of my nieces say, hey, Siri. So I get out my Googler and I put in mercy. And it spits out mercy. Compassion shown to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Compassion shown to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Simply put, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what I deserve. The punishment that's deserved. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Let me give you an example. During World War II, there was an American pilot flying over German skies. He glanced outside his cockpit and froze. He blinked really hard and thought maybe if he looked out again, what he saw was maybe just a mirage. But as he looked out the window, his co-pilot was staring at the same horrific sight. This is a nightmare, the co-pilot said. He is going to destroy us. The men were looking at a gray German flighter plane hovering about three feet off their wingtip. And it was five days before Christmas, 1943. The fighter was closing in on their crippled American B-17 bomber for the kill. The B-17 bomber, or the B-17 pilot, Charles Brown, was a 21-year-old West Virginia boy on his first combat mission. His bomber had been shot to pieces by swarming fighters, and his plane was alone in these German skies. Half his crew was wounded. His, his tail gunner was dead, and his blood was frozen on the machine guns. But when Brown and his co-pilot, Spencer, looked at the German fighter pilot again, something odd happened. The German didn't pull the trigger as they were anticipating. Instead, this, co this pilot nodded at Brown and Spencer and flew away into the distance. Years later, Brown would track down his would-be executioner for a reunion that reduced both men to tears. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Just like those pilots that day, they knew they were right in the midst of getting ready to meet their maker. 
But that German pilot showed them mercy, and he flew away into the distance. What is mercy? Mercy is Jesus Christ paying a debt he didn't know because he knew we had a debt we couldn't pay. I'll say that again. Jesus Christ paying a debt he didn't even know because he knew we had a debt we couldn't pay. That's mercy. See, that day you and I were supposed to be the ones on that cross. You and I were supposed to be the ones paying for those sins. But Jesus took our place and he hung on a cross. That's mercy. We received mercy when God chose us and he saved us from a punishment that was well-deserved and he placed the punishment of our sin and our death on his son, Jesus Christ. Titus 3.5 says, he saved us not because of anything we've done, but because of his mercy. 1 Peter 1.3 says, praise be to God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from dead. See, the greatest miracle you and I will ever experience is mercy. Not getting what we deserve, our punishment for our sins. 1 John 4.10, Jesus paid the price to satisfy God's wrath and save us from our sin and death. Verse 49, people that day told Bartimaeus, Jesus is calling you. Verse 50, his response is to jump up, throw off his coat, and run to Jesus. What will our response be today? In the middle of the challenges that we're facing, he's calling you. In the midst of the darkest hour and you don't feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel, he's calling you. When you feel like you're blind and you need a miracle, there's no way out of this situation, he's calling you. And if you feel like you're all alone, calling you but do you hear him will you cry out with the same heart as Bartimaeus and follow him as the band comes up I wanted to talk a little bit about this song Natalie Grant wrote that we sang a little bit ago See, this song was written, if you don't know, it's, I think it was written in 2017, but it was written when she was going through her battle with thyroid cancer. The cancer was pressing in on her vocal nerve, and the doctors were transparent. They said, you know, we're, we'll go get this, but we don't, we don't know if you'll ever sing the same or even sing at all. And they said, we're just going to be real honest. We don't, we don't know how this is going to turn out for you. And right then and there, she decided to turn it over to the Lord. And as it turned out, her voice was not the same. 
She said to the miracle and to her surprise, her voice was even stronger than before she had cancer. The true miracle, though, for her really did happen prior to the cancer, prior to the surgery. It happened when she accepted the fact that no matter what the outcome, it wasn't going to deter her any closer. She was going to just run to Jesus. It wasn't going to determine God's goodness in her life because she knew he was good. And even if she never could sing again, even if she couldn't talk ever again, she knew God was still good. We don't say it every Sunday, but these altars are open. And I know it's going to look a little different maybe. Or maybe we can go back to where, where when I grew up, you can pray at your seat. Turn around and kneel if you're able. Or maybe at home, you're sitting there on your couch. And you know you need this Savior. You know you need this miracle worker in your life. He's calling. Whatever situation we're going through, we don't have to do it on our own. I think we sometimes think of Jesus as another option. When he wants to be the one to carry this with us and for us. See, these altars are open because these altars are a place where the burden exchanges shoulders, whatever you're carrying. Because, see, we have an intercessor. His name is Jesus. It doesn't matter if it's 12 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock p.m. Jesus is our intercessor, always making intercession for us. And who are we kidding? It's not like he doesn't know what we're going through. In all this craziness the last 12 weeks, he's not surprised. And maybe this morning you're sitting there and you need a savior. Maybe you've fell back and in the old days backslidden on the Lord. He's calling you. Maybe you know him, but your marriage is completely falling apart. And you don't even know if you'll be married a month from now. Can I tell you, he's in the business of putting marriages back together. He's in the business of mending relationships. He's in the business of giving us love to love one another. And maybe you're facing that addiction. And literally every day you're making the choice to die or to live because you know you need this drug. But the very thing you need physiologically in your body is the very thing that could possibly kill you. Can I tell you, we serve a God who can break addiction in an instant. He does it for some. He can do it for you. He can do anything. So whatever you're carrying, you don't have to carry it alone. You don't have to go through this situation. Put whatever label on it you want. But he's calling you because he loves messy situations. I messed it up. Great. He can fix it. No, it was really my choice. Wonderful. He can help choose you through another situation, if you will. He can do above and exceeding. Because just like Tozer said, completely satisfying from turning from our limitations to a God who has none. So I'm going to pray, and they're going to sing this song. If you want to come forward, you are welcome to. Know that God is calling.
what will our response be today? Because I know I need him every day. If loving the Lord is weak, I want to be the weakest. I need him. He's not another option. I never want him to be another option. I want him to be the option in my life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you did give us the greatest miracle of all when we experienced your mercy. That Jesus didn't have to go to the cross, but he knew we had a debt we could not pay. And so he took our place. When we were supposed to be the ones there, he took our place. He bore all the sin, all the shame. And so, Lord, I don't know what people are going through in this room, but you do. And I don't have all the answers to put pieces back together, God, but you do. And so, God, in your supernatural, marvelous, unlimited way, would you meet each person where they're at in each situation that they are just exposing to you right now? It's not like you can't see it anyway but maybe just turning their thoughts to the situation that they're struggling with and, and letting that transfer of the burden go from them to you. Because, Lord, you never want us to go through this life alone. That we have a friend that sticks closer than any brother, and that's you. And so right now, Lord, in the stillness, when this song plays, Lord, would you give those courage maybe at home that are sitting on their couch maybe they don't even know if they can pay their house payment lord they're in a financial crisis god would you give them peace god you own everything be with that person that's online or sitting and looking at it through a screen god or those that are physically here jesus We thank you for what you're doing, what you have done, and what you will continue to do, Jesus. In your name we ask. Amen.
As you go this week, know that the greatest miracle you will ever experience is his mercy. And there's nothing you can do to make him turn his back on you. See, his word's clear. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what situation we're in. Maybe you're there not even by choice. It's the hand you were dealt. Maybe you did choose to be where you're at. You serve a God that's merciful, and he can do anything if we just call out to him. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are faithful to us. And as we go this week, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would stir a new level with you, a love, a response, God, that you want us to be so close to you, that we just don't wear the label of being a Christian, God, but that we ooze that out. May we, God, be more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go this week, know that his mercy follows you, and it never ends. You're dismissed.